Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their story. We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour. I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio. And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog, The Bitter Lemon, and author of many books. We are so happy you're here. Hi, Holly. Hi. Hey. Hi. Um, to our listeners, we are recording a little bit earlier. I mean, when did we do our last catch up? Um, was that like Saturday? Yeah. And it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, not a whole lot has happened between that span of time. I know you've been working every day, so have I. So mm-hmm. yeah, today it was actually my fifth day in a row. But I will say like today, day number five, tomorrow, today my shift was seven hours and tomorrow it's like four and a half hours. So I feel like I'm like on the downward and I feel good about it. At least you have a short shift tomorrow. That's good. Yeah. And it's like a closing shift, which those to me are always like super easy. And I... It may sound awful to other people, but for me, like I get to have a normal quote unquote, like work day at home. Like I get to wake up and have like my oh, morning yeah. at home, which I really enjoy. And like, I can get caught up on some freelance work. So I feel like I'm not neglecting my like freelance life when I have my shift that starts at four. If that makes any sense. It's, it yeah, sounds no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I I I do, I will say like the past two weeks, even though I've worked a lot, I think I'm like really, really trying to like just get in a groove with like, even though I am working like between 28 and 32 hours of retail a week, like I'm really working hard to like, not just let that take over my day and like my life, like of course, if I feel exhausted, I'm trying to give myself that time to rest. But I also like, am really trying to just power on and, and still do the stuff that I want to do, like whether it's the freelance work or like, I've still been able to go to my like screenwriters meetings and do like the project that I'm working on with that. Because I feel like that is the only thing that like keeps me from like, just feeling like I've totally flown off the handle. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's very fair. Yeah. So, Mm. because I think, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about like the new year. I'm trying to like stay present for like the holidays and stuff, but I am thinking about like 2023 and just like what I want that to look like for me and like, you know, trying to implement some of that stuff that I'm thinking about, like, already, you know? Yeah, I do know. This is actually the first year I'm making resolutions since COVID started. Okay, since COVID started. Okay, Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know if I made resolutions before 2020, but I definitely haven't made resolutions for 2021 or 2022. I was just like, what's the point, you know? (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> so I'm excited about micro resolutions, which we will have an episode all about our resolutions um, yeah. as the last episode of the year. I'm excited about that because not that I wouldn't, I, I'm very huge on making, like setting goals. Uh, I set monthly goals for myself and yearly goal. I'm like a huge, that's just like how I am, like huge goal person. I always make it, I've been making a vision board for like the past three, four years. Uh-huh. So I, I had every intention of doing that anyway, but this is making me kind of think about it a little earlier than I probably would have hearing like a little bit about like what your goals are i'm like okay this kind of gives me like an idea and i (laughs) i usually don't like buy stuff for the new year for myself other than like a new planner for the new year but i bought myself like a few things to like go into the new year so i'm excited for that too so that's cool so yeah well i didn't win the powerball i'm sorry yeah it was so funny because this weekend I was in, I was just like in a gas station, probably buying wine or something. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, yes, it was Sunday. And so I just stopped to grab some wine. And for some reason, I had like a, a an itch to to buy some Powerball tickets. I was like, oh, it must be meant to be. You know, I haven't bought Powerball tickets in years. Mm-hmm. Um so then whenever you buy them, you just start like fantasizing about like, you know, what you would do whenever you win and like all those things and start like just working yourself up so that whenever you don't win, which is inevitable, it's just so disappointing. So I did not win. I was very sad. Did you, did you select your numbers or you like? To- oh, no, I just I just did them randomized. Um, I don't have very good luck. Like, I don't have bad luck, but. I'm not one of those people that like is good at like guessing how many are in something or like just even like guessing a number one through whatever. Like I'm terrible at that. I mm-hmm. I like and the way I put it to people that are like, what do you mean you don't have good luck? I'm like, you know, whenever you make a bed and there's a fitted sheet. And if your fitted sheet doesn't have like this is the top, this is the side, you know, on it. Uh-huh. Like you just guess and then hope that you were right and then go to the other side of the bed. And then if you weren't right, you have to redo it. I would say nine times out of 10, I'm wrong. There's a 50-50 chance. And nine times out of 10, I choose the wrong fucking corner of the bed to start with. I don't, I just don't have good luck. So I should have known better. I actually asked for a Powerball ticket and scratch-offs for Christmas. Oh, that's smart. Um, I asked my mom like if she would get me that, and I gave her my stepmom for that. Yeah, if you are asking for lottery tickets, um, obviously since she lives in Louisiana, right? Doesn't your does your stepmom live in Louisiana? Yeah, she does. Um, then you could redeem it because you have to redeem it like wherever they were purchased or whatever, which would be easy for you. But like my mom lives in Indiana, so I was like, oh, okay get here but i gave her the numbers that i wanted like for the powerball interesting but how did you come up with the numbers i have like several numbers that um like your favorite numbers numbers? yeah i actually like for as long as i can remember there's certain numbers that have been good for me Mm -hmm. um like whether it's like when I was younger and like in dance, like I had a few audition numbers that like when I had those numbers, like I 
made the team, got the part, whatever, that type of thing. And like, I've just had like some of those numbers and all the numbers I picked like mean something. That's smart. Yeah. But then if I don't win, I'm going to be like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I just texted my stepmom because she literally, she always asks us what we want. No, you should. Because to me, even a good scratch off, like the more expensive ones, like you can win some good money on those. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. It's Lottery fun. Tickets. That is yeah. fun. Gift idea, free gift idea, right here on Small Business Happy Hour. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, people scratch out tickets. They're powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I did, like, you know, I said, like, you fantasized about what you would do with the money. Pretty much everything I would do with the money was around the studio. So that kind of, like, made me feel better about, like, if that's my fantasy, then at least I'm like following the right path in life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like the ultimate test. Like if you if you didn't have to work, would you kind of thing? Exactly. I mean, yeah. I would definitely not work my nine to five, but I would be able to focus, you know, fully on the studio and invest right. in the studio, which is yeah. literally I, everything you do. I always think about that like you know, one of these days when I finally can sell Hallmark scripts, selling one is not going to do much for me. But yeah. selling two, three, four, five, ten, like, I'm like, wow. And I always imagine, like, what that would be like. Just because um, I would still be writing, but I'd obviously be writing a lot of a lot different things than what I write now for money. Uh-huh. Um, and I would have to write a lot less. Uh (laughs) yeah no shit that'd be awesome the other thing i learned this weekend is that mashed potatoes do not freeze well i don't know if you knew that but i'm sure someone needs to hear it mashed potatoes do not freeze well that's disappointing but maybe that explains that when you buy frozen mashed potatoes they're like in little balls right yeah, and a lot of times, like, the easy prep mashed potatoes are, like, powdered, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we... <laughs> hopefully Wesley can't hear me. Oh. <laughs> so, for Thanksgiving week, you know, we kind of... We either do, like, traditional Thanksgiving meals or, like, just something random. And this year, I decided that I want a gumbo because Wesley makes a really good gumbo. And so I said, I want a gumbo and potato salad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one of those potato salad gumbo eaters. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so he made a really good gumbo. And then he was going to make the potato salad. And like, I didn't stop him. I just wasn't paying attention. And he like made mashed potatoes for some reason instead of potato salad. Like, and he, I even saw him doing it and just like, didn't even think about it. And then like whenever he was done, I was like, oh, so you decided to do mashed potatoes instead of potato salad? And he was like, I didn't mean to. That was not my intention. Just was like, just, like was just on like auto Yeah. Mashing the potatoes. Yeah, just on auto drive. Um, so he he didn't want me to tell anyone that, but he doesn't listen to these episodes. So he probably won't know. <laughs> oh so now you all know my secret. Don't tell him. That's um, so funny. I know. So we tried to freeze them 
you know, because we didn't want it to go to waste. He made like a shit ton. Uh, okay. Um, so I was like, we'll just throw them in the freezer. It's what we do with stuff whenever we can't eat it in time. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was weird. It was like gritty and like just tasted like sour. It was just the strangest thing. So wow. Y'all can learn from my lessons. Don't yeah. don't try to freeze mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, the only other thing I have coming up is traveling. I'll be that's why we're recording this early because we'll both be traveling um, this weekend. You're headed to Nashville, and I'm just headed to Louisiana for work. I'm headed to Nashville Music City. Yeah, I am so excited. I actually wasn't excited because traveling gives me a lot of anxiety, but this happens before every trip. I travel a lot by myself. I plan these trips. And then as they're coming up, I just get so much anxiety about getting myself to the airport. You know, I hate leaving my cat. I hate leaving my apartment. Like I'm really just such a homebody, but even though I don't do not consider myself like someone who's like obsessed with traveling, it's something that I feel like it helps me to really get away from like my everyday grind. And it's also just, I kind of have to force myself like out of my shell or else I would never experience anything new just because that's how I am. And like, I get so inspired when I travel, whether it's just even the smallest idea or whatever, whether it's an idea for a book or just a blog post or just like, oh, that's really cool. And a lot of my trips are usually like around something music because I love like concert going to concerts are like my favorite thing. And so I initially planned this trip around one concert. And then, of course, I was like, let me see if there's anything happening at the Opry. And so there I got tickets to see something there. And um, now I've turned this into like my it's a very quick trip. I'm just there for two nights, Uh pretty much 48 hours, like which is kind of all I can like stand right now, but I'm like not bringing my iPad. I'm not bringing my laptop. I am determined to just like have it be like my like Christmas fun time. (laughs) (laughs) Be in Nashville. I've been wanting to go to Nashville for probably like been thinking about it for years. And like, even though it's such a quick trip, I'm like, I'm excited to go. Yeah, Nashville's got good vibes. What concert is in Nashville, did you say? So Friday night, the first night I get there is the show at the Opry, which is, it's three country singers. um, Trace Adkins, which is actually someone I interviewed when I was in, right out of college. I interviewed him. I believe his name is Trace Adkins and not Tracy Adkins. No, that's Trace. Yeah. Trace Atkins. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not into, I'm not a huge country person either, but I do listen to like probably more than most people who like aren't into country, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's him, Sarah Evans okay. and Carrie Underwood, all three okay. like, in one. So I don't really know how that works. It like, I don't know if they each have equal time, if they're sharing the stage at any time. Um, but I saw Carrie Underwood and add to cart purchase in like, (laughs) I love Carrie Underwood and I know Trace Adkins is like one of those like classic country stars, you know? Yeah. Um, I know the name, which means something. 
because I don't know who Sarah Evans is. But yeah, which I do think she's a popular one, but I honestly like she has to be with those two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's Friday night, and then Dave Barnes is um, Saturday night. He's doing his concert is a Christmas concert. The one that the Opry okay. doesn't say anything about being a Christmas concert, but I cannot imagine because Carrie Underwood has a Christmas album. The only other, I have two more things I'll say. One thing is that I don't think I've mentioned it on here, but one of my 2022 goals was um, to donate more, like literally donate more money. Um, This is something that I like, I have always been a person that's wanted to donate, give and whatever. But in 2021, I took like a journaling workshop. It was like a three-week journaling workshop. And one of the exercises that we did was to write our own obituaries, which sounds so morbid, but basically she was trying to get to the core of like, how do you want to be remembered? And I discovered that like, I really want people to remember me for being a generous person. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, donated to um, charities and organizations over the years, but it's never been consistent or whatever. And so this year, the idea of finding one thing to donate to was overwhelming to me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to donate to a different organization every month, depending on what cause I feel drawn to that month. Um, It's, I kind of had ideas in mind, like, oh, for February, you know, something to support, you know, um, to fight like institutional racism, you know, in support of Black History Month or things, some things like that. But I told myself, like, if something comes up that feels you feel pulled to donate to that, you'll, you know, donate to that. So like when you did your AIDS, your ride for right. AIDS, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was my charity for that month. Yeah. And I always like write about it on my blog. So if anyone else thinks it's interesting, they can do that. Well, for November, originally, of course, I was like, oh, I'll donate to the food bank. Um, but I watched the season premiere of We're Here on HBO. I don't know if you watched that show, but it's Uh -uh. in its third season. And this is when three really famous drag queens, it's Shangela, Eureka, and Bob the Drag Queen, they get on a tour bus and travel to rural cities that are pretty much anti-LGBTQ. And not only do they put on a free drag show, but they each meet with a member of the community that wants to perform in the drag show. And usually it's to make like some sort of statement, like maybe it's a dad who had a son that just came out, or maybe it's a teacher who like has LGBTQ students and she wants to show the community like she stands with them or whatever. And it it will make you cry every freaking time. Chills. But no, I haven't heard of it. It is the best show on television. Like I always tell people, because not only are the drag like Shangela is my favorite drag queen. Yeah. They're hilarious, but they roll up into town in the most extra buzz. They hop off in their full looks and walk through the town, and it's like these podunk nowhere towns. Like yeah, of course Texas, um, just all these rural and like they speak to people being like, have you ever seen a drag queen before? And the responses of people is just frightening, but also funny. (laughs) So for the season premiere, they went to, um, oh my gosh, the name of the town is like escaping me. Um, I put it on my blog because I wrote about the charity on my blog. So if you go to the bitter lemon, all the information is there. 
but it's a small town in Texas that they went to for this season premiere. And it's the town that was the center of the argument for banning LGBTQ books in school. Cool. Like this mom there, you know, gave this speech at the school board. And so this, the schools there do not have books that have LGBTQ characters or plot lines or themes. And so one of the people that they chose to be in the drag show was a student at that school who was spending their own money to put those books back in the classroom. And when I tell you, like, I bawled just hearing this person say, I don't see myself in the books when I go to the library. And like, it almost makes me emotional right now because we've heard people say it. We heard people say it when all the Black Lives Matter stuff happened in 2022 that, you know, we don't buy the like Black, like authors from Black books. We don't buy books with Black characters. And we've heard it about LGBTQ people. But I think reading it or seeing it in the news is one thing. Seeing this student, this 17-year-old kid, like, trying to create a safe space in their own school, I was like ripped apart. And so (laughs) I just Googled like, how can I help this situation? Because that as a white woman, like I see myself in almost every damn book. Like, so I Googled like organizations to help, you know, to support LGBTQ books. Like I didn't even know what to look for. And right away, this organization called Hope in a Box popped up and they provide not only like books with LGBTQ characters, but they provide full on curriculums for rural schools that are asking for help in like understanding, you know, how to make their schools, like how to make their LGBTQ students feel uh, supported. And so that was my November charity. And like, I, I'm like, maybe we can talk to them and have them on the podcast sometime because I just, I'm like, wow, that is such a cool organization. And it seems so silly that we even need something like that, but we clearly do. Yeah. And it said that they have 700 schools on their wait list to get books and curriculum. I'm so impressed. That's great to hear. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, Uh, it's always like a catch 22 when I do the monthly donation, because I'm like, I wish we didn't have a need for this, but I'm glad there are actually people out there doing the work already because they can make my small donation go so much further than I can. Wow. Um, Who is our guest this week? Katie with um katie did social marketing right or social media yeah social marketing so speaking of goals for this year if your goal is to get your social marketing together for your business she would be a good person to start with i did love our our conversation with katie because she was just so not pushy and i I think probably the first thing i did was compliment her voice because she just had like the nicest voice yeah she has a sweet voice she really um, does. I felt like she, I feel like having worked in digital marketing for a long time now, I feel like you meet a lot of people that are honestly full of shit. Yeah. 
And especially when it comes to social media, SEO, I feel like you meet so many people who know that their skill set is a mystery to so many people. And so they can say whatever they want and make all these promises, charge you a bunch of money, and you may not get that return, I I would say. And it's hard to know, like... it's hard to even know the questions to ask somebody to see like if they really know their chops, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Katie is coming at social media from such like a genuine place. Like she really cares for the businesses that she works with. She wants them to have a genuine online following and she's not going to come up here and tell you like, yeah, I'm going to give you thousands of followers in the next week and whatever. Like I felt like she was being real about the expectations that we should have when it comes to social media, which uh-huh. even though as someone who like has just felt burned out by social media, I really appreciate like her view on it. And I think, yeah, yeah if you're somebody that's looking to like up your social media marketing um, just because you can Google like, agencies and people to work with but like it's just so much uh i don't even know what the word is like glossy packaging and it's just like Uh how do you even know if that person knows what they're doing you know yeah no i do know i've experienced that firsthand yeah genuine is the perfect word to to describe katie we need to have a candid conversation with her and i think people will will like it agreed well, here she comes. Okay. Hey, Katie. Hey. Hey. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks, you have such a sweet voice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a little uh, lower pitch than it used to be when I was little, but it definitely is. Oh, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> Did people give you a hard time for it in school? Yeah. And my parents are so mean. They are. My parents had me like record their voice message like back in the day when when we had like press one for Katie or whatever. And people would just like hang up because they'd be like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Air piercing. (laughs) Whatever. I think it's sweet. (laughs) Um, So, what are you drinking? That's what we always ask first. I love it. Um, I'm drinking some red wine. I think it's a red blend. I got red wine too. <laughs> Perfect. And I already told Katie what I was going to drink because I bought this especially oh, nice. for her podcast. The This is the Shiner <laughs> Oktoberfest because Katie went to Oktoberfest this year. Yeah. Oh, nice. The actual one. So I saw this in the store and I was like, oh, like yes. the real thing. Yeah. yeah, in Munich. I love it. Wow. And How tell, was that? Yeah, tell the story because you posted on your Instagram like it was meaningful to you to go. Um. Okay, so I went in 2017 um, with my brother and his friends. They, they go every year and then they kind of like go on a trip after. And then... I came back. We kind of, we went to like a few places like Amsterdam and Budapest. And then coming back, we had a layover in Ireland. And like the job that I had at the time wasn't 
it wasn't making me happy. I just felt like it was like on the outs kind of. And I was so tempted to just like get off in Ireland and just be like, I'm going to, you know, take another week. And I was tired of traveling with my brother and his friends, but I got on the plane and then, um, got back and like two days later got laid off. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, and then, so then I started my business and so it took me a while to get back there, but I went this year and then I went to Ireland after it was my like revenge trip. (laughs) (laughs) Your redemption tour. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's not what I was expecting. How cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. It's like, the only event I can think of where like everyone all over the world gets along <laughs> over <laughs> beer and like weirdly enough communicates without using the same language. But that's fascinating. Yeah. The language of beer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Beer and smiles and and just weird like dancing. <laughs> I imagine like lots of um, like bread. Like I feel like there's got to be pretzels, mm-hmm. like sausage rolls. I don't know what they really eat there, but that's what I imagine. Yeah, like schnitzel and yeah, sausages and yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Now, I Let's go. <laughs> now you want <some> schnitzel? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I actually don't even know what schnitzel is, but it sounds great. <laughs> it's like, um, oh I think it's like breaded pork or I think okay. it's fried yeah. something's good. <laughs> That's funny. So, Katie, this is my first time meeting you, uh, but you and Holly know each other from a previous job. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I was a consultant for many chat. Um, so that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she worked with, I was on the content team and she worked with for a while, or I was there for a year. And I think, I mean, she was there for longer working with them for a little longer, um, or maybe a while longer, but at least during most of the time I was there, you were like our pretty much our sole like social media person. Yeah. I yeah. It was it was a good it was a good run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna say that and then we can just all take a really long drink. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> so we've never uh, met in person, but it kind of feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a beautiful thing about you know, technology. There's pros and cons to it, obviously. Um, yeah, I thought you I were going to say of... that's the beautiful thing about toxic workplaces. That's you. There is shared commissary in toxic workplaces, um, which does build good friendships. That, that is true. Yeah, no, I was so going to say just, <laughs> no, I was going to say that um, just technology. It, it's interesting how we can meet more people now. I mean, think about like, you know, even like 10 years ago, even if you worked for a national company, you didn't usually meet everyone. Like, it's just very cool how we can meet people from all over now um, without actually meeting in person. 
Yeah. Like we're doing right now with Katie. Katie, where do you live? Um, so I live right now near Sacramento. But I'm um most of my business is in Walnut Creek, so I'm moving back to the Bay Area shortly. And then I did live last year in Denver. So this is just like my middle stop. Okay. I love Colorado, Denver. Boulder is actually one of my favorite places. That's where I would like to maybe end up one day. Um, uh, yeah. It's it's so nice. But I was actually in Sacramento, I guess like a month ago for work. I had never been before. And we went to San Diego, then Sacramento um, for career fairs. And it, it was really nice. I liked it. It was crazy, like the difference in landscape between the two. I was like... How are these in the same state? <laughs> the is a little bit more uh, beautiful, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the Bay Area, that's nice. I still haven't made it out to the Bay Area. We have an office in San Ramon, so that's my goal next year. Oh, yeah. So that's like 20 minutes from where I'll probably end up in Walnut Creek. The Bay Area is Perfect. awesome. Well, if I make it out there next year, I'll let you know. Yeah, please do. <laughs> please and maybe Holly can come and hit a ride in my hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, aside from working with you, like I really only know a little bit about what you do. I, I had to look at your website to really prep for our conversation today. So I'm really curious, for, you know, if you wouldn't mind just telling us about, about your business, about Katie did social marketing. Sure. Let's see. I'm going to start like kind of how I got into social media. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I started in 2007. I was an intern when Facebook first launched um, business pages. And like, it was really cool because all brands were on the same level. I was working at um, a cosmetic company and it was like a smaller, smaller brand, but like we were on the same level, level as like a huge, you know, company. Um, and everyone was just figuring it out. And that's when it was like text, just text, like asking questions or whatever, like not even images. And so I feel like I've been along this wild ride for better, or for worse. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> different now. Um but I worked for a couple of business com- corporations, just um, mostly leading their social media because even though it's been around for 15 years, it's still so new to everyone. Yeah. Um, and then I just got bored <laughs> and stopped enjoying work and um, company I was working for kind of said like, we're putting all of our eggs into like traditional marketing. And I was like, well, that's like, that seems like, <laughs> that seems like a failed decision. So they laid me off and I had the option of either looking at other job options or starting my own business. And um, luckily, like every Every job description I read gave me anxiety and every interview I had was just like, "Mm, no. And um, the guy I was dating at the time had his own business. So he was kind of like helping me figure out like 
that that is a viable option. I just never considered, even though I went to school for entrepreneurship. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of just like built it while I was looking and then eventually realized none of my energy is being spent on on applying for jobs. Everything is like building my websites, just starting my own branding and meeting people. And I just made it happen. It's like, the it is definitely the hardest thing I've ever done by far. <laughs> yeah. So now I work with all kinds of clients um, in every different industry, just because I get bored easily and I don't want to just focus on a certain thing. And I think that that also helped me through the pandemic, kind of diversifying a little bit. So yeah, it's been a fun ride. Every day is completely different. There's stress that I would never imagine in areas that I would never have thought about, but it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I feel your pain. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice to connect with other business owners for sure, because I feel like we all, even though we're different businesses, all experience like similar things. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of the reasons why we're one of the many reasons we're doing this podcast is just so people like can hear other people's stories and know, like, you know, we're not alone. We we, a lot of us experience similar things like you just said. Yeah, I love it. And this is such like with all the layoffs happening, I just feel like it's such a like transformative time where a lot of um, entrepreneurs are going to come out of this and um, innovation and like exciting things. Mm -hmm. So this podcast is perfect timing. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Serendipity. I love that. So 2018 is whenever you started. Yeah. That's been five years. That's impressive. Yeah. Does it feel like it's been five years? Um, not really. If it, it feels like the pandemic felt. You know, it feels like yeah. it was long. Yeah. It was long days, but then it felt like a long time away. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. there's definitely things that I'm still learning and <laughs> navigating through. Yeah, but, I feel like that never stops. Yeah. I guess if it was easy, we would all get bored anyway, so. True. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like entrepreneurs enjoy a challenge. Yeah. Um, you guys can speak for yourselves. I'm I'm looking for the easy road. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Holly's know, tired. <laughs> You dip your toes in a lot. <laughs> I was just going to ask, like, you know, because I... So you, do you, I know you do like audits for your clients, social media, like obviously strategy. Do you actually like go in and post for people or how does that work? Yeah. So we do it all and we're like expanding into other areas of marketing too, which is kind of uh, fun. And just based on like what I've experienced this year, just social media is a hard area because it's channels that you don't own. So you kind of have to like do other things too, in my opinion, to keep, to keep yourself safe. Um, But I do um, consulting and then my team does management. So either we'll 
help you with the tools and strategy to do it yourself or have someone on your team do it, or we will just manage it entirely. And then um, you don't have to worry about anything. And then we're doing a bit of like email marketing and um, event event marketing, some SMS uh, texting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we're we're kind of like a boutique marketing agency. Yeah, it sounds like it. A year ago, like, or maybe, maybe like almost two years ago, I was hoping like TikTok wasn't going to be a thing. And now I'm noticing I have to put it on, you know, my um, proposals that I'm sending out and I have to talk to my clients about it. And it's a whole nother beast for agencies to create content with. So there was like a period of time where it was like, okay, we're Facebook and Instagram and that's like kind of what we are and that's it. And now, now it's like some, a crazy world again. (laughs) Yeah. Like who, who knows what will replace, if anything, Twitter or, I don't know. I know. It's exhausting, really. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's a smart business model because I know as, you know, a small business owner who has a full-time job and <laughs> it's hard to keep up with your social media presence, you know, because I'm like, I feel like I do a decent job on Instagram. But that's about it. You know, I mean, I have my LinkedIn. I have, you know, obviously the Facebook, my TikTok and a YouTube channel. But it's just so hard to be consistent with all of them, you know. Um, Yeah. And I always tell people, like, if you do a great job on Instagram, just like stay there. But and and just do a good job, you know, being social and interacting with people. But then also make sure you have, you know, your email list too. Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily think every business has to be on every channel or stress about it. It's just. (laughs) I've given, I I know that like Pinterest is making a comeback and I'm like, we will not go there. Don't, we just, (laughs) we just won't do it, Derek. We're not doing Pinterest today. (laughs) No. So Katie, you mentioned that you have clients that you prefer not to work with um, just if you're not the strongest, you know, person to work with them, which I think is great. That's how every business should be. Right. Yeah. You know, like at my yoga studio, like if you're looking for a workout, we're not going to help you. That's, that's not our, <laughs> that's not our goal. Um, so I would send them somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, but who is your ideal client or clients, I guess. Ideal clients are just nice people. <laughs> Nice people. Love to work with nice people. Um, And a business that is doing well. Um, I used to find a lot of businesses come to me for like their last, their last hope. And that just like never works out. So um, I love working with wineries and breweries, cities, business associations, professionals, like um, insurance agents, just people like that, people who know when you ask them who they want to market and they can tell you who their ideal client is versus like everyone. So, yeah, but I, and I love, like I'll have a conversation with literally anyone. And then once I kind of get a feel for the person, then I can 
figure out like who I would send them to because I also like am protective over other people who do what I do and I just don't want to send them like random you know oh yeah that makes sense Uh uh-huh yeah and hopefully that it like pays it forward you know like if I send someone someone and then they're like oh this would be perfect for Katie's agency then vice versa that's cool but fun people um fun and nice people are my favorite (laughs) (laughs) and that what we could all ask for (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome I love that speaking of ideal clients this this question kind of piggybacks off of that so you're you're on the consulting side of things I'm assuming you're kind of leading the ship since it's since it's your business um what's like a perfect day in the life of Katie well so how I love to plan my weeks are Mondays is like CEO day I really try and I am not always successful but just to work on like my business and those are tasks like going through my emails and invoicing and just kind of figuring like things out and planning out emails or how I'm going to market for my next client or whatever and then throughout the week it's also different. I'm approving content that my team sends me. I'm also creating content, texting all my clients and all of sometimes their whole team to just make sure that everyone's on board for different events that are going down. I do um, some networking groups. So I like to get out there and um, network for my business and then just like really try to um, get outside my office and watch people and just stay relevant and feed my brain kind of thing. What kind of networking groups do you go to? Are they in person or virtual? Usually it's BNI. Have you heard of BNI? Yes. So Business Networking International. And we used to be 100% in person. And then I moved pandemic came back and now it is hybrid Uh but I'm going to one um, on Wednesday actually that's fully in person which is so weird because it's like we're all out of practice Uh, (laughs) challenge but you know I I just love I love being social and I love meeting people and that's like what I don't always get to do behind the computer. Mm -hmm. So I really try to do that as much as possible. And I'm really not a salesy person. I don't like, I don't like going to networking events for them to be like, Oh, I think I can, you can help me with like my dance class or whatever. Um, I just like meeting people and then maybe they'll follow me. And then like months down the road, they'll think of me for something or just form relationships. Yeah, I'm the same way. I hate being salesy. That's probably my least favorite part of the business is having to like, you know, get on LinkedIn sales navigator and like <laughs> those things. I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to yeah. do that. It doesn't bring me joy. Like if I have to work on a lead that hard, once I get it, it doesn't bring me joy as like 
in the dating world. Maybe, maybe that would be like <laughs> exciting, but not for work. Oh, Usually God, like the, the clients that I have right now are just after they see the strategy and they sign off on like what we're going to be talking about. And I'm huge into branding. So it's like all the, all the, um, we go through like the types of words and like language and feelers and whatever that I'll use. Mm-hmm. Once we do that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the reins. And if you don't like something, you tell me right away. I don't like to hear it months down the road. Um, yeah, for sure. And they, they, none of them have complained. They're, they might say, like, I, I want to see more of this. Mm-hmm. Or they'll ask me, like, why did you do this? And I'll explain the strategy. Because it's not just posting, you know, it's, um, <laughs> which I constantly have to remind people, there's an actual, like, science and strategy and technical aspect to social media. It's not just <clears throat> something a 16-year-old with a phone can do because they know how to do a TikTok, <laughs> you know? It's not like that. Yeah, try try that, but like actually do try that, and then get me back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but I think you put you made like a reel or something on yours saying it was like things people have said to me, and one of them was like, "I wish I could play on Facebook all day" or something like that. Oh, yeah, because that's like what people imagine your job is like. (laughs) Yeah, my favorite. That's my favorite posts I've ever done because (laughs) when I first started in 2007 I social media was just like 10 minutes of every day of my job and the new CMO that they just hired was like social media will never be a full-time job and I'm like watch watch me because that is so ridiculous and I, I, I wish that some I could just like send them a note today and be like, "How are you feeling?" <laughs> uh, but I love that. Eat your words. And now I just hope that I'm not like that because we were just talk- we were just talking about <laughs> like TikTok dancing and sixteen year olds. I'm like, okay, well, maybe you know, may- maybe. Never say never, but <laughs> but not every social media platform has been like, I mean, really, when you, I mean, there are probably things that have launched that we don't even know about, you know, like think about, I know, like supposedly Vine could come back. Uh, I heard that. And I'm thinking like for a while, you know, Snapchat was the thing. And like, I stopped yeah. using that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny, like what, what people latch on, what people and businesses latch onto and where it works and where it doesn't. Because I feel like the downfall of Snapchat was when brands started using it. It was like not cool anymore. So, I mean, maybe I feel like TikTok, who knows, you know? Yeah. It seems like it's just, it's just going to get more um, challenging or interesting to market a brand. Like with every generation that comes up, you're gonna you're just gonna have to be so much more relatable and human like to get your message across. But when brands take over with like their traditional marketing style, it just doesn't work. 
I'm this sort of goes hand in hand with something like I knew I wanted to ask you when we scheduled this was just generally your thoughts on the you know how social media has evolved over the years I feel like people are always like now that it's been around for a while there's all these studies about what it does to our brain we've seen the documentaries about what it does to our mental health and people are always asking you know is social media generally for the good is it for the bad I'm just curious about your thoughts on like the evolution of it yeah I mean I struggle with that for sure like I see such bad and then I see good too and I think overall society highlights the bad more than the good and and also you know I'm an elder millennial so I didn't grow up (laughs) with social media in high school like I I grew up with like a pager and without a computer at home for a little bit Mm -hmm. um so I, I definitely see the bad and I try really like for what I do to focus so much on the good. Like the other day, I spend a lot of time on Facebook groups because Facebook organic content is really hard to get through. Um, I, like none of your audience sees it pretty much unless you have money behind it. But groups are different. And um, when I have like a local brand, they that makes it easier to get content across and I'm in a very authentic way. But <clears throat> there's a couple of um, like restaurant groups that popped up during the pandemic, like Save Walnut Creek Restaurants or something. And the other day someone wrote, that his wife had just been cured of cancer that day and he was going to be late. Like he was going to be at work late and he wanted to just like bring some dinner home and was wondering what a nice restaurant uh, he could go to that does like a good job with to-go food because we all know to-go food is usually like cold when you bring it home and whatever. Um, And someone wrote back right away and said like, let me pay for your dinner And things like that happen so often in social media, but they're not what comes to light Mm -hmm. because we focus on the bad. And so for what I do, I think just for my conscious, I focus on the good and just trying to always promote the good things and trying to um, be like a good person on social media. Cause it's easy to hide behind a computer and, you know, be a troll. And I have to deal with that <laughs> every day. <laughs> um, and I, so you know, many. I feel bad for those people. <laughs> yeah. It's, it blew my mind. Like, so I started my studio, like maybe like a year or so ago. And whenever we were launching, I was like, Oh, I'll just do a Facebook ad, you know, not knowing what I was doing at all. Um, and it was just a very simple ad. It was like, just like uh, a giveaway. Like we were doing like, you know, share this post and tag a friend and you can enter to win, you know, yeah. a, a free membership or whatever. And I can't tell you how many people commented on it. And they were just like, I'm going to shit on your face for spamming my wall. And I'm like, and there were so many people telling me they were going to shit on something. I was like, what is happening? Like, what? Why what? does this make you think of poop? 
why is the world this way? I don't understand. I was like, good God, it's a yoga studio. Like, why are you so upset? Just ignore it. Oh my gosh. People are crazy. So yeah, there is. um, But on the flip side, like you said, Facebook groups are interesting. And I wasn't in Facebook groups for a long time, but I joined um, a Shift Creek Facebook group because I love Shift Creek. And like Facebook just suggested it to me. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I didn't mean to, but yeah, maybe that's why they suggested it to me. Um, (laughs) But I joined that group and it's, it's so cute. Like you were saying, like the the guy that was posting about his wife being cured of cancer. I see a lot of posts like that in the Shits Creek group. And it it is uplifting to see that there are nice people on on social media as well. Yeah. On the topic of Facebook, why and when did <laughs> Facebook make it so hard to boost a post? Like it's insane. Like on Instagram, I feel like it's really easy just to go and boost posts, select your audience, whatever. But Facebook, like you have to have a degree to do it now. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I I don't understand it either. I I am so just like anti-Facebook this year. <laughs> they have yeah. wrecked so many hours of my life this year. This year I is bet. like called like yeah but yeah it's it's very challenging for the common person and there's no reason why and you would think like if their sales are down that they would want more people to spend money on ads (laughs) you would think so like there's i'm sure there's plenty of people that don't because they just don't know how i'm one of them like no i'm not gonna do it you know yeah not happening just stick to Instagram. Yeah. When did they make all those changes? Because, I mean, I never had a reason to, to, you know, do that before. It's just constantly changing. Okay. And they're kind of putting out some new tools now. Um, they actually have, like, you can be certified now. Um, Holly, you remember those things. It's like... The challenge of putting out like a product, but then no one knows how to use it. It's just, does it make sense? You know, just. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, you know, like last week, Facebook, Facebook laid off like 10% of its workforce. Yeah. 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 Even, I mean, you know, we've been seeing so many layoffs, but even the companies me like for just me personally, companies that I thought, oh, those are like untouchable companies, like they're laying people off. I'm like, okay, so you know, Zucky, he's Zucky. So who knows what's coming down the pipe if he had to <laughs> if they had to lay off ten percent of their workforce because Yeah, I knew a lot of people that worked there. Some people still made it. It was like it was it was like eleven thousand um people. And yeah. living in the Bay Area it's nuts because of everything tech right now, like what's going on. And it's like a constant conversation everyone is having. I know Katie, you earlier in our conversation, you mentioned, you know, being a business owner is difficult. And I know recently you shared on, you posted something on social media saying like, you know, you've kind of had some tough times recently. And I'm just curious if you'll, if you feel comfortable sharing about, those harder times of being a business owner or how you like continue on? Yeah. I mean, 
I definitely have to be careful. <laughs> I think that I have learned a lot of lessons on like different clients to work with and always feel like I'm learning more and trying to hear red flags when I start to work with um, a company and I do make mistakes. I'm like by nature a people pleaser. So when I get excited about helping someone, I just like go all in. But I like kind of, as I mentioned before, like social media isn't um, like, it's not going to save your business. It's going to allow your business to thrive and further your business, your overall business goals. But it's just a piece of the pie. Um, and so I, I definitely have worked with companies that um, I don't have like full glimpse into everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that has led me into like, you know, clients that don't pay or um, don't respect your boundaries or whatever. So I'm still learning that. But, you know, weirdly enough, with every challenge, I think, comes an op- opportunity. And on the days that are really hard and, and so stressful, there's always like something positive that comes out of it. So I try to be super transparent in my business experience or entrepreneur experience because I don't want to glamorize it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's not, you know, perfect most days and it's really hard. And I think that there's always challenges and the challenges get different, get are different as you grow. Um, but yeah, there were, there have been definitely some really hard days recently. Um, but then out of that, you know, some of my clients that I love so much have literally come to me and been like, we need you to charge us more money. (laughs) They're like, well, (laughs) I must be doing something wrong with my pricing. (laughs) If (laughs) If they're coming to me and wanting to pay more or they just really value my work and, dedication to their brand. And then there's always people looking, there's always businesses looking and it might be for five months or something. And eventually they're going to be like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I see that, you know what you're doing. Can you help me out? You know, there's good days and there's bad days, (laughs) probably like every job, but, um, the bad days used to be like looking at myself in the mirror every day and, doing affirmations and telling myself that like being self-employed is a good idea and um, like I'm doing a good thing and that I don't, I shouldn't be worried of, you know, swimming in a different lane than other than my peers. Um, And now they're more like, well, I shouldn't have worked with that client. That was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. It's all right because it'll help me in the future with red flags. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is a yeah. good shift because um, I'm still very much in the phase of you can do this. It's a good idea, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what helps me with that is like just being around people who who are doing it. So my BNI group, we met once a week and they were just like super calm and had fun and like went out and 
we got lunch and did our BNI thing. And then sometimes they'd be like, let's go get a drink and do like a one-to-one meeting. Meanwhile, I was like, shit, how am I going to pay for this meal? You know, because I was more broke than college. Mm-hmm. And just being around those people was so helpful because my other friends, although they are so successful in their job, they're just climbing the corporate ladder, not just they are climbing the corporate ladder and they're amazing, but they will never truly understand the struggle of working for yourself and everything you do relies on your work Mm -hmm. so that's I mean that's what I did is just surround myself with with people who are like on the road you know you need to find some new friends Derek Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I really don't know very many small business owners so I've been kind of like just winging it you know yeah maybe when we get some more listeners we can host like a, a podcast brunch for small business other small business owners or something yeah podcast brunch that'd be cute just an excuse to have my message uh-huh. always <laughs> <laughs> um i know you throughout our conversation you've mentioned you know business uh, you know businesses should understand that social media is sort of a piece of the pie and i'm just curious about what what are some other things, you know, if there's business owners listening to this or just people are generally curious, like what are some basic things that you think people should know about social media if they're using it for marketing purposes? Sure. Yeah. So I think number one, my philosophy has always been like, uh, well, my tagline is let's get social. And the meaning of that is like be social in real life and social online. So offline, online. So number one, if I had like a brick and mortar small business, I would make sure that I'm social in my community, um, whether that's like the business association or the chamber or like just literally building relationships through Instagram of your neighbors or other people who are active on social media that you could like collab with or partner with or just become friends. There's so many people that I'm like friends with on Instagram that I've never met, um, but feel like I have. And then, so that's like the the offline part and then the online part is to just like be yourself and remember that the content you put out is for a certain audience and then it it's not just about putting your content out but it's about being social online so you need to make sure that you're engaging with other people Um, And the algorithms literally love this too. Before you post, you like a few of the the accounts that you follow and you write authentic comments, not spammy things. And you react to people's stories and you find people through locations or relevant hashtags. Those are all things that are going to help you grow. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just about being social offline and online and just being your your true self and knowing your brand and, and who you want to reach. Well, that helped me. So I'm sure it'll help a lot of people. I'm like, I don't know if you noticed me like leaning in, but I was like, oh, this is fascinating. 
that's very cool. I never really, I mean, there's so many facets of it, which is why what you're doing is yeah. it's a lot to keep up with. I think so often people think about the technical things and, okay, this like social media guru told me I need to post every day at this time. And like literally like my whole life is Instagram and that's just not it. What you need to do is just be your authentic self and do what you can do and then build relationships because social media is, it's called social, you know, you got to be social to do it. So it's so simple. It just takes consistency and transparency and all that. I'm inspired. (laughs) That's my TED talk. (laughs) It was a good one. (laughs) Thanks. And with your voice too, I'm just like, oh, I could listen to that all day. It's time for Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think um, the last question is a good way to wrap it up. As far as it's interesting that you've been basically, you know, with your pulse on social media, um, your entire career, essentially. So whenever you think about the future of social media, um, what do you think of? Oh, that is such a hard question. I know. I think, I think kind of like what I said earlier, that brands are going to have to be more and more creative to intertwine social media or intertwine their marketing in a way that feels true and authentic to their audience. And usually recently that those messages sometimes don't come from the brand itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've seen people trust reviews from strangers or recommendations from strangers more than the actual brand. So um, I think influencer marketing is going to be a big deal. Um, I mean, it is a big deal, but I think that is going to be a big, a big, a big pot of the budget for a lot of brands. Um, and then in their marketing, just being authentic and and creative in a way that doesn't seem like salesy, or maybe isn't salesy. I never thought about influencer marketing from that angle. Because I've always, I've, I've always like just had like a middle block about like why influencers are effective, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like it's it's so cheesy when I think though that like influencers are going to have to evolve too because there's going to be a time and maybe it's now for me it's now where I'm just tired of listening to someone talk yeah. while they're putting on makeup unless it's like 11 p.m. and I'm trying to zone out and go to bed. But you're really going to have to like capture people's attention. I think brands are going to have to be a little stand more standoff about, you know, giving influencers scripts and things and just trusting the person that you're working with that they represent your brand. So we'll see. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that because uh, see my latest book, my main character is a Instagram influencer and I know me, like in the past couple of years, like I stopped following most influencers because I get very annoyed by, they all post the same thing. They all post about the same product. It's all lies. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you know, I just money. so sick of hearing it. Yeah. And it's like, I honestly don't buy from companies that use influencers, like if I can, because 
right now I just find it's feeding the part of social media that I don't enjoy, that it's like creating this false sense of life. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that. So it's, I agree with you. Like, I think the influencers need to change and I don't know how they can do it so that we know they're like really using the stuff they're talking about, but I hope that it does change because I, I understand the need for it. Cause it's like, we do take recommendations from other people, like you said, but then when, when we start seeing through those people, it's like, okay, gotta find something else. Yeah. It's almost like the, do you feel like the average person for someone with like a smaller following, if they were like, Oh my gosh, you have to try these like gloves. They like keep your hands really warm or whatever in the snow you would trust that more than like someone who's like paid partnership <laughs> like thousands of followers yeah that's an interesting question I mean I think going back to what you said about you know just social media being being about sort of building relationships and trust I mean some of the people that I follow do have smaller followings And I do feel like I almost trust them more, even if I know they're getting paid just because I feel, which I know micro influencers are kind of making a, um, a place for themselves because they have more time to dedicate to people that send them messages. They like, I follow this one, she is an influencer, but she has less than 10,000 followers. And Mm -hmm. she always writes me back when I comment on something that you know, she posts or whatever. And I, I do appreciate that a lot more than just to go into a black hole. Yeah. So maybe that's something, but I'm like, if I see a freaking post about essential oil vitamins, one more time, (laughs) (laughs) essential oil vitamins or the, uh, the Pura plug-in Well, and it's great because I think that like the next generation and maybe, you know, ours too, loves the idea of like multiple income streams. And this is like a great way to do that. If you're not, you know, that's not your full-time job, but you can, you know, help brands that you truly feel complement your personal brand, then that's like a win for everyone. Yeah. How many influencers Derek I don't know if you follow many influencers but how many times have seen influencer post I never tell y'all guys you guys this much but I turn away 90% of the brand deals I get offered because I only (laughs) know the ones I genuinely care about okay (laughs) (laughs) honestly after the pandemic it was the pandemic after the pandemic I was like there's such a um like I've worked with a handful of influencers for some of my smaller clients well some of my clients it's like so cool to be an influencer right now that they kind of they're on like a pedestal and uh they're not always that great <laughs> you know so um we'll see what happens yeah. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Sponsored by Sponsored by Ritual Essential Oil Vitamins. 
but no, if they want to sponsor Small Business Happy Hour, hit us up. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll be sellouts. <laughs> um, I'll be changing my tune ASAP. Just adding all that up. I will be taking essential oil vitamins like my life depends on it. <laughs> such so a well, Katie, if the people want to find you, where can they find you? Um, on Instagram and Facebook and kind of TikTok and um, <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, Katie did social marketing and it's C-A-D-Y play off the Katie did bug. Oh, cute. I yeah. didn't put that together. <laughs> there I it was is. like, but there's, it's like a dual. It's like the Katie did bug. That makes a lot of sense. But I, was, yeah. I always thought it was cute because it's like Katie did marketing. Like Katie does marketing. Katie did so marketing. many. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things. <laughs> That's cute. I love it. And I'm assuming your website is Katie did marketing.com. Yeah. Cool. 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 Well, it was so nice talking to you. Thank you for spending an hour and 15 minutes with us. Thank you both so much. This was so fun. I'm excited to uh, follow along on your journey and uh, yeah, see who else comes on here. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, been we're fun. Learning. Yeah, we're learning as we go as well. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Holly, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OrangeJulias7, also on TheBitterLemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram with my personal account at Yoga with Derek, and that's D-E-R-E-K, spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for Yoga for All Humans, it is at Yoga for All Humans on Instagram. Facebook and TikTok. Um, don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And of course, yogaforallhumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Happy Hour. Or you can email us at smallbusiness happy hour at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.